1: Welcome in, friends, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Week 8 Ranks. I am the Welsh, or Chris Welsh, whichever name you want to use. Joined, as always, by Jake Seely, Brandon Funston. We've got all of your takes for Week 8, all the ranks, how tight are those ends, the latest news, but of course, maybe the most important thing to ask. Jake, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done on a
2: plane? <laughs> on a plane?
1: Yep, what's ever... I mean, <laughs> you ever done anything but sit in your seat
2: and get a drink? uh that's probably about it that's why it's like a plane uh i curled up with a feverish feeling when i had uh ulcer (laughs) colitis flare up if that makes you feeling better and just like curled up in the bathroom until they let me back off that makes you feel better brandon Brandon, a little bit weird
1: have you ever done any squats on a plane
0: uh Uh, i've not done squats? squats i was gonna say throwing up in the bathroom uh coming back from a uh wild weekend in new orleans flying back to bristol connecticut uh when my wife and I didn't have kids uh, for a little Jazz Fest weekend in New Orleans.
1: Um, you two are menaces in the bathroom. <laughs> what is wrong with you two? I, I don't wasn't even... doing
2: anything. I was curled up. in it. I was like well, shivering. I, was, like, I, I mean, to... I guess you were. Going what what am I missing, 20? by the way?
1: What, 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 uh, like... Well, you're, you're missing the connection. How uh, Russell Wilson uh, flying to London decided to do training for four
2: hours of his eight. Did you not even hear about this, Jake? Um, well, I've been like, I'm I'm so like, well, not only am I so eyes deep in my articles and podcasts as it is, but I also went to AEW last night on top of it. You so that did. Sapped, yeah. So that sapped out about three and a half of four hours of my attention span. By the way, how was that experience at AEW? Oh, it was amazing. I was yeah. freaking a camera guy smacked my arm twice and didn't care because we were like right on the end on the front row. Like when yeah, Moxley you looked came like on. you were right on the like, you oh, no, like gonna like, walk onto the ring. Like, John Moxley was like. John Moxley rubbed his sweaty arm on me when he left. It actually annoyed me. I was actually pretty annoyed. So like, yeah. that's, that's, that's how close we were. No, you were annoyed. I don't. I don't. I don't believe it for one second. That <laughs> Take was actually your sweaty cool. body off of me. Yeah, uh, get tested. No uh,
1: but Russell Wilson in the flight to London. Obviously, he's been a little bit of a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the report was, and he talked about it, that he spent roughly four-ish hours training down the aisles of the airplane, doing squats, doing stretches. Um, He decided to watch some film. He slept for one hour, and uh, this was tweeted about, and Ken Hamler quote tweeted and just said, this is very true, that while everyone slept on the entire plane, Russell Wilson was out there just stretching it out, doing some work on an aisle. And I can't think of maybe anything worse than that and and that's why i asked about yes. it because when i'm on an airplane i don't move it doesn't matter what the situation is i'm not going anywhere i'm not going to the disgusting bathroom i don't need their stuff no. i'm just going to be isolated to this spot so youtube mm-hmm. vomiting and throwing up and being sick in bathroom i never said i is, did all that <laughs>
2: is why i'm not going in there i just also now the siciliano decides. tweet makes a lot more sense of like what i saw yesterday so that what was that, it i uh, as some pasted over thing of somebody on a flight yelling at other people on the flight i couldn't hear it because i saw it while we were waiting for AEW to start and i was looking at said now now I, I got a little bit of context now i know what the hell is going on
1: a lot of good memes there are a lot of good memes out of it so broncos country let's ride as we always and we're going to ride through uh getting into week eight getting into all the stuff a few little pieces of headlines we're going to get both of uh, brandon and jake's starts and darts for the day talking uh, tight ends at the end one of the I don't know, bigger, more surprises was the Ezekiel Elliott injury that we found out. He's dealing with a hyperextension in his knee. Did not practice here on Thursday. Will not rule himself out, but it seems inevitable that we are not going to see Zeke this week. Jake, are you moving forward with Elliott being a starter, or are you going to move on with Pollard? Do you have any trust for Elliott?
2: I do. If he gets a full slate in on Friday, I mean, that could still change. We could still get surprised by it. So this is something that apparently has been dealing with with a while and flared up or was aggravated significantly last week. So, hey, we've seen players play through things before. The biggest thing about it, and it's kind of what I said at the beginning of this year of why Zeke was a Pollard problem, is because if Zeke has the op- if he has the option, if it's up to him. He's going to be on the field. Zeke is one of these players that like he refuses to leave the field when hurt. Like, dude could be out there. Yeah, every time I th- see him play, I think of the guy from Monty Python. Like, oh, it's just a, it's just a flesh wound, like whatever it is. <laughs> like, uh, still trying to fight with no legs and no arms. That's Ezekiel. Elliott out there trying to run the ball. So that's why if he's out there practicing on Friday, he's still in play. I, I still love Tony Pollard this week. Uh, he's been getting more work. And yes, part of it was because Zeke did leave that game last week. But Pollard Pollard was already getting more work, even if you don't account for that. Like, if you take that out of the equation. So I liked Pollard as it was. But if Zeke's out there, he's still in play as an RB3. Because he's still going to get goal line work. They're still going to use him. But if Zeke's not
0: out there, is Tony Pollard an RB1? Like, the very back end?
2: I, I looked at my ranks, and the thing is, is ETN checks in at 12. He's my last RB1. I don't think I can put him in front of ETN. So I have Fournette at 13, Mostert at 14. So I think he's right there. I think that's where he is. So he's just off the cusp. When I was looking at your ranks, I would play Pollard over ETN, I think, just given the matchup.
1: Ooh, really? Okay, so then, Brennan, it sounds like you have a little bit more on my side of that warrior. Even if Elliott is, like, gonna play, I feel like I'm a little bit more worried about it. So where are you at on the uh, Elliott-Pollard situation?
0: Well, I just before I even knew, like my initial rankings were Elliot 15 and Pollard was like 23. If Elliot's out, I think I'm giving him Elliott's ranking, plus the fact that, you know, there's not a distribution as much of a distribution. So I'm giving him a little bit more touches. So that would probably push him to about 12 for me.
1: But if he is playing, are you with Jake that it's just like you're going to move on as as everything is normal if he does actually suit up? Or do you I don't think Jake's saying everything limited?
0: would be normal because I don't think you had you wouldn't no. rank normally – No, I Elliott. said RB3. Yeah, RB3. Oh,
2: he'd be, okay. oh, yeah, he'd be an RB2. Normally.
0: Yeah, I think Jake's basically factoring in that if Elliot plays, he probably wouldn't play as His it's touchdown or bust. Role. Yeah, exactly.
1: Touchdown or bust. Yeah, good point. Okay, good point about that. So that's one we're going to have to deal with on the quarterback front. We did get a couple of answers early in the week. Mac Jones is expected to start against the Jets after uh, Zappy Gate. So, Brandon, do you expect to see Zappy in this game? Remember, they we, said. We also
2: go. Hold on. The breaking news from Bill Belichick as we're doing this. The reporter asked him, "Is Mac starting because he's healthy?" Yes, he's ready to play. He was ready to play last week. Just didn't feel for the full game. Don't try. Don't keep trying to trap me for stuff in the future. Thanks, oh, Bill. whatever,
1: Bill. So, okay, so we don't think we're <laughs> going to get back to our college split of quarterbacks? Oh, again? no, no, no.
2: I, I think that's still in play, but go ahead, Faustin.
0: Uh, I think, what are we doing with Mac Jones? Like, he was a first-round pick a year ago. Like, he came back from injury, and you gave him, you know, less than a half to – I just don't get it. Yeah, I think they're going back to Mac Jones this week, and I think they're going to go back to Mac Jones until they decide, they legitimately decide that Bailey Zappi is the guy they want to lead them going forward. And you have to – I mean – I mean, I I just don't get it. Like, I like Bailey Zappi coming into the year. I threw his name out there a few times, like, partly because I was watching Malik Willis in at the combine. I was like, Bailey Zappi kept following him, and I was like, God, Bailey Zappi throws a nice looking ball. And It was just you know in underwear, but I did a little deeper dive on. It. I was like, this guy can play in the NFL. You know, weird context.
1: At- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I like the reiteration there. That, yeah. that might have been my favorite moment of the entire season. <laughs> just like, I really like that ball that Bailey Zappi's got. No underwear. No, (laughs) where yeah, Um,
0: exactly. But like, you're not giving up on Mac Jones just yet. He was, you know, he was. They gave him a lot of credit last year for making the team serviceable. And (sighs) listen, man, like, what are you gonna do? Trade him then? Trade him by Tuesday? Trade him then if you're not gonna play him? Because what's what's the point if you're turning over Bailey Zappi after that little of a window for Mac Jones? I don't get it. I think think they're gonna I think they're gonna go back to Mac Jones and they're gonna go back to him until they decide. We're not going back to him anymore.
1: Well, now it's what so, I was curious about. Jake, what do you think the leash is on Mac Jones right now?
2: Probably still possibly the end of the season because of what you spent on him, because of draft capital. I made the sound because it's just like Daniel Jones. Sure, he played well for what they did, but you weren't winning because of Mac Jones. You were winning because Mac Jones played well enough with the team you built around Mac Jones to win with Mac Jones. Just like Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl because you built the team around. Daniel Jones is not the why, the why the reason that the Giants are winning. The Giants are winning because they're a great team. Well, not a great team. They're a good team getting the maximum out of their talent from a great coach who's also getting the best out of Daniel Jones. So that's why I said, like, I never like I I, Emery and I sat here. We did, a I think, a podcast last year talking about like I didn't get the Mac Jones love. Like, oh, he's a safe thrower and all that type of stuff, which sure makes you an NFL quarterback and if you want to say you check off as a peak career best as a rich gannon but he's not even rich gannon so mm. uh i think the leash but everything that Fonson said is i agree with is why i think the leash is probably as long as he's healthy the rest of the year because you're not going to throw in the towel off of a few bad games but it really kind of depends on what their opinion is as as a quarterback, and they seem to have a higher opinion than most where they took him and what they thought of him last year. So I, I do think he's the rest of the season. But if we're talking fantasy purposes, one quarterback, you're not even paying attention. Who the hell cares? Uh, super flex, you still might not be paying attention.
1: P.J. Walker on a weekly basis might be a better option moving forward than uh, Mac Jones, if we're being honest. On another quarterback front, Andy Dalton is expected to start for New Orleans if people were kind of sitting hmm. a wonder on that. And uh, this one, I mean, if you guys have takes on that, you can jump in there. But I just thought this was interesting on the trade rumor front. The trade deadline, I believe, is Tuesday. So we will have one more podcast uh, to be able to chat before any other things happen. But on the trade rumor front of all the wide receivers that are out there that are seemingly available for the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers are currently tied to Cardinals A.J. Green. So, just what Packers fans were hoping, the rumor is when Elijah Moore is out there, you had Robbie Anderson out there, Aaron Rodgers, last hurrah. They just want to get some playmakers out there to win some games. And so the then Packers talking to AJ Green. The Packers want AJ Green, Jake. They want a cheap seventh, six round pick acquirable wide receiver. And it is astonishing to me that this would even be in the conversation for the Packers. This this gotta be rough for Aaron Rodgers.
2: This isn't an upgrade. This is you already have Sammy <laughs> Watkins. This is, and I'm not saying like Sammy Watkins stylistically is exactly the same, but what what does AJ bring? AJ Green bring to this team? Absolutely nothing. Like the seventh rounder, I don't. I'll take a I'll take a flyer and a seventh rounder over AJ Green at this point of his career. I think there's a lot better options out. Why are you talking to DJ Moore? And the Pan- Panthers Panther said hey, they don't it, want to trade this him. This news yeah. to
0: me. AJ Green's been playing this year.
2: so there you go i mean that's the proof there's there's other options out there that you know maybe you have to pay a fourth rounder to get but if you're looking to help that brandon brandon cooks Cooks would be amazing go talk to the texans there's zero reason for the brand for brandon cooks to still be in houston yeah Uh, these these trade rumors don't make any
1: sense to me brandon i would hope the packers are going to do something now this is just a rumor by the way but what i want to point out is like this is what packers are tied to and it's got to be rough when a team like the jets are going out and acquiring james robinson the 49ers get christian mccaffrey you've got robert quinn being traded and um roquan smith crying about you got all these big moves that are happening and the packers are out here being like all right let's get to the goodwill of fantasy wide receivers you know what can we get for the cheapest as possible it (laughs) makes it really rough and brandon cooks would probably be one of the best assets to move to green bay if possible it would move him up his fantasy value up i think uh exponentially. I mean, maybe hovering around wide receiver one territory.
0: Yeah. And I guess if we believe the rumors to be true, that if Denver loses to Jacksonville, then they're suddenly going to become a seller. Then you hear the the talk about Jerry Judy potentially being out there. It's a small window to make a deal, but maybe some of those talks are already going on behind the scenes that, Hey, we'll just kind of play this one out and see how it goes. But I saw something floated where green Bay would give up next year, second and third for Jerry Judy in a, what if kind of scenario, Hey, that's not. I I think that's that's fair. I I still think Jerry Judy is a first round talent that just needs to go mm-hmm. to the right place. And Green Bay would be an amazing place for Jerry Judy in my mind.
1: I actually agree with that. I think he would fit the scheme of what Rogers might end up needing. But again, that's the point. It's like <laughs> what's the scheme? Somebody who can catch a ball. Somebody. <laughs> yes,
0: that is a Jake. <laughs> somebody who can would. get open with a guy that can throw to people that can get open. I someone
2: that can run. I around. mean, jokes jokes aside, the it, it's uh, to, do the song. It's time to look at the man in the mirror here. Like the yeah. Aaron Rogers deserves some of the blame too. Just like he did last For year. Sure. Like there is, there is definitely some of the blame. Like Dobbs, has not looked good in weeks. Uh, pat him, as Funston knows, I had him in Dumpsville weeks ago in the waiver section and the articles, and people are like, oh, you're insane. He's getting all these targets, and it's just Aaron Rodgers' fault. But I'm saying that because it is partly Dobbs' fault. It's not all Rodgers, but the point being is they were correct in the fact that Rodgers does deserve some of the blame.
1: Next year, when uh, Jordan Love is just rocking out with Romeo Dobbs, we'll look back on this and we'll be like, ah, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what was going that's on. What, this is
2: what we were waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It just took Aaron Rodgers to get out of here. That's all that we needed. Uh, speaking of those ranks, by the way, you guys can go over to The Athletic right now, athletic.com, and you guys can find the fantasy football ranks for week eight. There's sleepers, there's starts, there's sits. There's one of my favorite gifts of all time with the big uh, spooky thing from the spirit store falling on the kid, which makes me laugh <sighs> every time I watch it. And uh, I know we are going to have an episode on Halloween, a very spooky episode, but you can not only get your week... Eight ranks you can also get the top 20 best Halloween candies ranked by Jake and that might you know I will say as we learned and I caught myself instead of trolling you that these are your ranks and we don't have to be too judgeful um you definitely have a unique one of yours at the top and immediately I was I like until everybody tries it <laughs> yeah I have never tried it. I don't think I've ever tried it um exactly but you had number two as the clear-cut you know top dog here and I'm curious Brandon what are your favorite Halloween candies? Because we know Jake's. Jake's is on the list. It's a pretty robust list, by the way,
2: twenty-five deep. That Jake well, wow. for everybody, and five more that need candy version, Halloween candy versions, and then in the top ten disgusting trash. So <laughs>
1: we unlock uh, Jake's passion uh, for sure on this bad boy. But mm-hmm. I'm curious, Brandon, what are uh, your top Halloween candies that well, if you I'm had a, kids I'm like me, like contrast
0: of sweet and salty. So I love take fives. I love. Pretzel. What is it? Peanut butter, caramel, chocolate, like any combination of, of that is, is great by me. So that, that would be probably my number one. I love classic Snickers. I'm a, I'm a hundred grand guy as well. Mm. Um, and I would say the one, and part of the reason I asked Jake to do the ones that aren't available in fun size, weirdly, I just love whatchamacallit. They're not available in, in fun size. So that's kind of one of my favorite candy bars. Um, so. I don't,
1: this is, I think the first thing you and I have been completely on the opposite end of, like, I don't like, I don't really like Snickers. I don't think I've ever had a, whatchamacallit. Um, I do like the salt and sweet stuff, but do you like chocolate? I'm, I'm not a big chocolate guy. I'm not the biggest chocolate guy on the planet. I'll, I'll like Jake's Jake's list is pretty strong on the non chocolate stuff as well. Well, I'm a sour guy, yeah. so I love sour candy. So like sour patch is going to be at the top and listen, I will report back because my two kids, I'll be taking them out trick or treating on Monday night and I will be dad taxing them for sure. Uh, is I had to explain to them what the dad tax was, and you would have been a great a,
0: brother, you know, when you get home from Halloween at night and you start making your trades. Like, oh I would have yeah, I've been loving life with you. Yeah, sure. You oh yeah, give all me night. all the
1: sour, give me all the sour stuff. You guys take all the chocolate, you're good to go. But uh, Reese's peanut butter coming in uh, hot, so you guys can check that out. You can also check out, you know, some ranks if you want for the upcoming week. That's important too. But it's candy time. It's it's, it's kind of important. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into week eight. Let's talk about the ranks and let's talk about the quarterbacks that we like more than anyone else. Jake, if you're dipping a little bit on the quarterback front, we know the guys that you have to start. I think we've said it on here. There's like five and then there's like this big jumbled tier. If there's a quarterback that you like more than anyone else, that you got to get in that lineup. Who is it this week?
2: I just, I wouldn't I definitely want to say get in that lineup. but I'll say, uh, it, it didn't work last week, and everybody's going to be mad at me to go right back to it. And speaking of planes, uh, well, there's, there's a great plane gift right underneath him because uh, it could be a painful ride, but it, it's Jared Goff again. Look, Jared Goff indoors. You're going Th- Zach Wilson as a jet. N- uh, no. Oh, no, no. I will <laughs> never go really? with Zach Wilson ever. Uh, <laughs> Discount Daniel Jones. That's all you need to know there. So it comes down to Jared Goff. is we know he's better indoors than outdoors. Uh, part of the reason I said it worth a flyer last week, but it went sideways because the Dallas Cowboys defense is too good for him to even overcome that, but he is indoors at home, indoors on top of it. And for checkbox number three, it's the dolphins defense and the dolphins team, which you expect to be a pass happy game and pass happy opportunity for Jared Goff. And Amara St. Brown avoided a concussion. Uh, we're just now in this world where if you even have a symptom or even look like you might have a symptom, you're not coming back in the game no matter what. But he's cleared. Everything's good to go. Josh Reynolds another week. Well, He's still not going to be 100%, but another week removed from what he's trying to deal with. It's, just, it's a good spot for Jared Goff.
1: Yeah, I'm completely in on this. uh, As a matter of fact, Brandon, who joined me on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast this week as a guest, we go through some of our ranks. Uh, It's a little bit earlier, and this is the guy that I picked as my surprise QB1 of the week. Uh, Miami top 10 in yards, incompletions given up to quarterbacks, which I like. And I almost cited the exact same thing that Jake did. I was like, we kind of did this last week, and it really didn't (laughs) work, but... Willing no. to go back down that well, right? Brandon, what do you got for your quarterback?
0: Uh, Well, so Joe Burrow was the number one fantasy quarterback last week. Do you guys know who's number two? Don't say Fields. Daniel Jones. Andy frickin' Dalton. Uh, Yeah, Andy so Dalton. Andy Dalton was number two. And, uh, you know, on the show that you referenced, I said New Orleans Saints quarterback as my choice. And at the time, we didn't know if it was going to be Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, but Dennis Allen has basically said that Jameis Winston's on the bench this week. Why? Because of performance. So I guess Andy Dalton doesn't get dinged for the three interceptions he threw last week. But he gets the most ideal matchup this week in the Las Vegas Raiders, who, Jake, I think you even referenced this. I noticed this as well. Every, every quarterback has thrown for two touchdowns against them, except for the last game, which I, I'm blanking on who that was. But it was uh, you know a bunch of 300-yard games, a bunch of multiple touchdown pass performances, and not a bunch of all-stars that they've been facing. So the Raiders have been trash against the pass. Andy Dalton's the starter. He was number two fantasy quarterback last week. Can he be a top 15 fantasy quarterback again this week? I think he absolutely can.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Uh, And that's also the state of what we're in, by the way, Goff and Dalton. That's what we just broke down. (laughs) So just want everybody to be prepared and really (laughs) let that sink in here. Uh, Let's go over to running backs in the week eight running back that you like more than anyone else uh, which is your start and then your dart your dart throw at RB Brandon let's start with you your start and dart at uh, running back for weeks uh, eight. Uh, Raheem mostert who I have at
0: RB 12 he is RB 16 or 17 on ECR so uh, I was ahead of the curve on that one I'm pretty strong I just look at the numbers I mean he's been 15 plus touches four straight weeks he's actually you know showing some life in the passing game. And, you know, it's the Detroit Lions who are, I think they're giving up almost five yards of carry to the running back position. It's been a good matchup and really putting Chase Edmonds, you know, making him kind of an afterthought in that offense. So Mostert's look good. I, I, you know, just passed the eye test for me last week. I watched a lot of Mostert and it just looks, looks strong right now. looks healthy, which is always the big thing with him. So uh, I think he is the clear go-to guy for them. And I think the matchup and the way he's been producing over the last month kind of warrants RB one consideration.
1: Also for him on the uh, in the prop market, if anybody cares, I was just looking at this last night, and I'm trying to see if I can get to it really quick. I want to say it opened his rushing yard prop open. Yeah, it opened at I think 65, and it's at 66 and a half right now against the Lions. Which for me, that's one that I'm very, very tempted to absolutely smash this week because, as you mentioned. Uh, the Lions have been given up 100. Well, actually, we didn't mention this exact number, but they've given up 129 yards, almost 130 to running backs uh, in starts this year. Over It's 5.4 yards per carry to running backs, and Mostert is sitting at 66.5 rushing yards for his prop. So that feels kind of pretty, uh, and I'm in on that one. What say you on your dart throw?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. And, you know, it was a guy that got 10 carries last week, looked great. Fifty nine yards. I think he's averaging over six yards carry his last 15 carries looks like I said on your thing. Like he's running angry. There was a a couple times when he just got up. It looked like he was just glaring at the sidelines. But um, that's anecdotal. You know what he's actually done uh, on on paper has been pretty good the last last few weeks. Uh, He's getting three catches. He's had three catches in four straight weeks. So he's getting involved in the passing game. But I think, you know, with the way he's running, pushing 10 carries, you know, eight to 10 carries a week, even backing up Brian Robinson might legit, legitimately be in play. So I like him as a, as a dart flyer.
1: All right, Jake, it's start and dart RBs. What do you have for us?
2: Yeah, this one might feel obvious to people, but I I wanted to touch on it because of the situation. That's Michael Carter. I wouldn't have any concerns. There's a lot of people that asked in the comments, and what about James Robinson? Should I trade for James Robinson? He's going to be the new lead for the Jets. And, uh, you know, uh, it's twofold is we talked about this on Monday, uh, but, you know, I expect this to be more of a 50-50 split like we saw with Brees Hall at the beginning of the year. But the second part of it is we saw Latavius Murray picked off and picked up by the Broncos and not even play his first week. We saw Christian McCaffrey traded to the 49ers. We'll see about 30% of the touches. James Robinson has a longer time to adapt to the Jets, but I don't think he's going to seed into Michael Carter's touches that much in week one. So not only do I think Michael Carter should be in lineups, I think he's top 20 must start. Like I have a hard time finding teams at this point of the season where you're able to bench Michael Carter. And so that's, what I wanted to point out to anybody that's a little bit concerned about this, you could have a day just like Cleel Herbert did last week, and even on limited touches, and Cleel Herbert was a top 20 running back last week. So I think that he needs to be in everybody's lineups.
1: That's a great call. I really, really like that one, too. I think, I think overall the James Robinson stuff might be a little bit overblown, even when he is fully go and healthy here. But, I mean, it smacked us a little bit on the Michael Carter owners. But this is a great well, call on this week for anyone that's worried.
0: Can I just say something? Why? Why no. the Jaguars trade James Robinson? Like, I mean, shouldn't that be just a, a huge warning sign because they have Jermichael Hasty and Snoop Conner? Like, that's they're they're trading him because I think they know that he is pretty much washed. You know, it's the same reason like no one's trade for Cam Akers and like, Marlon Mack's been on three different teams. You know, he's coming back from his Achilles injury. I have to come
2: for Cam Akers. And just <laughs> just parting shot at Cam Akers. Like Cam Akers just rolling down the street and like damn another shot just right in my back. Right. It
0: should be a very big message that they were willing to <laughs> trade James Robinson when when their backups are Jermichael Hastie and Snoop Conner. Like, I, I just, you know, that should tell you all you need to know
2: about James
1: Robinson just, just moving forward he acres is the man who we do not name we do not name his name like Baltimore a
2: <laughs> bullets for I know. all
1: right so where are you uh where are you throwing that dart at though
2: uh I will go with uh DeAndre Swift is practicing in full but that's not going to steer me away from also starting Jamal Williams I mean we saw that earlier this year is that Jamal Williams can still have RB 3 value even RB 2 value with DeAndre Swift out there in the lineup First game back for DeAndre Swift, is it a 50-50 split? And then we talked about the matchup with Jared Goff. You're facing the Dolphins, who let Devin Singletary almost score 20. Mixon had 15. Brees Hall had 27. Michael Carter had 16. Dalvin Cook had 15. All top 15 performances. All top 15. Not just top 25, top 30. All ranked inside the top 15 against the Dolphins. And By the way, if you didn't notice out there, I mentioned two Jets. So, yes, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams can both have a good game this week. Mm, that's a slick one I like that a lot all right let's move over to wide
1: receivers wide receivers for week eight that we like more the start and the sleeper the darts Brandon we'll start with you uh what do you got on the start and dart? did I did I mix that up Let, no, let's no start with Jake I did Brandon last time I'm i think i took okay. jumping I all the guys over so you, i thought
0: you were switching because i basically yeah because because brandon's
2: just out here just like stealing from my articles and stuff like that <laughs> <to> school, whatever.
0: <laughs> <Hold> <laughs> these were two guys i brought up on tuesday before before <laughs> he even had it
1: all. i would say uh, isn't he I editing it one he one can two. like brandon can like get ahead and look and he's like ah perfect yeah, so i could get ahead of exactly. 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 exactly exactly all right exactly. so whoever the hell wants to go first
2: uh no 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 I, so I, I we didn't have the same start but uh so that's at least different and i won't spoil you know I but DJ Moore, and this feels like, you know, get ready to get trusted and snake bitten again and going back to somebody, you know, you broke up with and be like, "Eh, you know, work out this time, but it is two straight decent games, and the biggest thing, uh, Rich Rebar out there, if anybody doesn't follow him, Lord Reeves, but he was pointing out the volume, granted it's limited size for the sample because, you know, there's been very few games where they've overlapped when this has happened, but... The uptick in D.J. DJ Moore's use moops uh, went up significantly with no Robbie Anderson and also up significantly with no Christian McCaffrey, if I could talk. Both of them together, D.J. Moore has essentially been a top 12 wide receiver if both of them don't play. Well, guess what? Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson are different teams now. I'm not saying this is going to continue and P.J. Walker is going to continue to light the world on fire in the passing game, but he's better than Baker Mayfield. And DJ Moore at this volume, I, I again like I can't believe we're doing it, but I'm ready to go back to trusting DJ Moore. I uh, I I gotta say, it makes me feel good this week. Brandon, you were there to hear it. Me and
1: Jake are just locked in because this was my guy. This was my surprise start of the mm. week on ITL was DJ Moore yeah, maybe because we of everything. Then. <laughs> yeah, oh, you son of a <laughs> ten targets last week, and I, I've been saying this everywhere. PJ uh, Walker is living up to what he said. He's he said in that press conference that very first time. Two weeks ago was like, hey, listen, I got to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. Well, all the playmakers are gone. There's only one left. And he did all of that last week with DJ Moore giving him 10 targets. I feel pretty decent about that. And, you know, knock on wood here, his receiving prop opened up at 58 and a half. And that is the only prop I've taken early so far in bets is I've taken the DJ Moore receiving. I mean, that's pretty
2: aggressive if you're thinking Vegas is putting 50 uh, from what it's been. That, I mean, that should be kind of telling. I, I agree. Right there.
0: Like I was thinking it would be like upper like 40. 40.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And it ain't it ain't. They put it up at 58 and a half. And I think that is one that you are only going to see go up. So, yeah, exactly. You can sometimes pick out from some of the uh, gambling stuff that there's an early aggressive number that for surely will go into the 60s by the time we get to the weekend. So, Jake, uh, where are you going on your dart?
2: And going on my dart, uh, Ray Ray Cloud. No, I'm just kidding. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here with that Ray Ray nonsense. Demir Bird! No, no, I'm just (laughs) So where I'm going to go is Khalil Shakir. This is a super dart throw because there's no guarantee he's the number three. But where I'm going to take the chance here is that he is. I'm going to take the chance that Isaiah McKenzie came back, was 100%, and they 50-50 split that opportunity as the wide receiver three for the Bills before their bye, and what happened? I said McKenzie disappointed. Uh, it was a drop on his end. It was a disappointing performance. It was 50 50. So Shakir didn't have a great game in his own right. But that was Shakir already looking better than McKenzie and while McKenzie was sidelined and then looked good in the same game they played together. So, where I'm hoping and what I'm going for here is we've seen this for years. It's not always a guarantee. And it's not something you should put your hat just like Andy Reid out of a bye. And, you know, Doug Peterson's always a bell or doesn't like bell cows. But like, These things aren't 100 percent accurate, but a lot of times you'll see rookies get more use, especially after a bye. If it's like week five, six, seven, eight, something like that. You know, this is why I'm stashing James Cook on some teams. Not that I think he's going to take over for Devin Singletary, but I think there's a world where you sometimes see the rookies get more use. They're more familiar with the team, more time for the team to evaluate them. And Shakir opened their eyes enough that he is the number three. And if he comes out of this bye as the number three for the Bills, I don't even care about the matchup. But it's the Bills, and I, I think Shakir is worth a dart throw.
1: I'd love to see him get more run. He's a pretty explosive for sure. Love to see him get more involved. All right, Brandon, your start, your dart, wide receiver week eight.
0: Yeah, uh, my start is Chris Olave. When, when I you know, threw his name out on your show on Tuesday, he was ECR 20. He's moved up to 17. But here's the deal. In points per game among receivers with at least five games, he's wide receiver, I believe, 13 right now. And that should which should be where he's like defaulted to, but then I talked about the matchup with the Raiders, one of the best matchups out there for the passing game uh he has to be a wide receiver one, so it's- you know people are just slow to the take on actually giving him the respect that he deserves as a guy that should be you know just shoved into the top fifteen automatically when Jarvis Landry and michael thomas are out and by the way i have I have one team that has both of those guys, none of those guys went to the IR you get like these no one's talking about him. When are these guys coming back? Like anybody, anybody got a take on Michael Thomas, Never. And Jarvis Landry? I'm like my God, it's so so frustrating. But it's isn't good. it
1: weird to have talented a talented wide receiver like Michael Thomas? And if anything, I'm just like, I hope he doesn't like he takes away from Chris Olave. Like I, you, right. don't, you don't get excited about him coming back. But no, it's a good point. Uh, of all the you know the big guys and the big former wide receivers we talk about, he's kind of you know just like no information out in.
0: there. It's it's, it's mm. brutal, but uh, it's great Often for Chris Olave. Ones managers for sure uh so yeah he's a slam dunk uh and then the guy stole from jake apparently i guess we're all on because i know you like him too chris is is paris campbell and i drew the comparison with devin duvernay at texas where he led the i think he led receivers in screen passes at, at texas his senior year caught 106 passes and had like those running back yards after the catch skills and to me that just screams paris campbell who is a short area guy who's been double digit targeted the last couple of weeks and now gets a quarterback back there that that's where he's likely to live. So in Sam Erlinger's Ellinger, so, um, I don't think the Paris Campbell stuff's going away. And in fact, it could be enhanced even, uh, with, with the style of play of Sam Ellinger.
2: Yeah, yeah but those, you're calling him a Darth still just to for everybody out there to be clear, is still, still a risk. I just want yeah, to, yeah, I think cause he's cause ECR
0: 54 or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, cause
2: we're all on him, but I still think that we have to, uh, you know, pay attention to the risk of, the fact that, you know what, it could be Michael Pittman and nobody else, or it could be 15 attempts the entire game. That's the thing It's like, and I'm, I'm not coming for Funston. I just want everybody out there because when Funston said we're all on, and I don't want everybody to think that Paris Campbell's a must start unless uh, you can tell me I'm crazy, Funston, and that he is a must start. But no. um, and the, yeah, the bigger concern is like they, they're not going to let Ellinger throw 40 times like Matt Ryan was. Yeah, no, I, the, the whole
0: point is that they're gonna go commitment to conservative running game. And you know the fact that Matt Ryan was second in the league in pass attempts was something that they probably never ever dreamed and wanted to have happen. So like Well, think-
2: neither did any of the betters because there's a lot of people out there that were taking him to lead the league in pass attempts because of that. Oh, and whoops. <laughs> whoops, whoops, whoops. Exactly. Well,
1: that's also one of the reasons why we like Paris Campbell is um we don't know what we're gonna get of Ellinger, but if they're going to play it safe, you're going to take that slot receiver, put them around the middle, and it could be a lot of easy dump-off passes to him if they're going to get involved. The books, by the way, will not release anything on the Colts. You're going to have to wait a little bit because I've been talking about, we talked about this, Ellinger rushing yards. I'm looking at that prop. I'm looking at Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor receiving yard props. I'm looking at Paris Campbell, looking all of those this week. And um, just want to get them out there. Give me those Ellinger uh, rushing yard props. Please get them going. When we're taking a look at week eight, what has got us thinking twice? Brandon, we'll kick it back to you real quick to start us off. Whom or who is making you think twice in week eight?
0: Well, I'll I'll just reiterate what we just were getting done talking about. Michael Pittman. Like, I have him ranked 13th right now. It might be too high. It might be, there's a big X factor here with Ellinger and how he looks. And it could be a ton of passes to Paris Campbell and, and not a whole lot to Michael Pittman, or it could be the other way around. So I think that was one. The other one's Brandon Cooks, who has had about as bad of a four four week run with Houston as he's had since he's been there. And there's trade rumors with him. And I just don't know. I, you know, you could, I could see a lot of 12 teamers where Brandon Cooks just hasn't brought enough to the table that, you know, you, you're benching him. Maybe you got an Allen Robinson or a DJ Moore or, or someone like that, you're like, ah, I just can't play Brandon Cooks anymore. So, but, but then again, you know, it's a good matchup. It's Tennessee, and so he's one that I've kind of waffled a little bit with this week.
1: Uh, the thing we always want to all do get inside the mind of Jake Seely. Jake, what's got you thinking twice? Besides candy, it's got
2: me, it's got me thinking twice. Is uh, I was double checking because it's been 18 different ways I've heard it is how to pronounce Sam's last name. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fonston got wait, it, it, This official. I'm pulling I'm up sure this Ellinger, is a, right? No, Ellinger, no, 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 Ellinger, Ellinger. You, that's you said it, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You were so that's. So uh, I just pulled up the Texas football website. It is L is the emphasis. It's L G U R. G U R I I win!
1: I win! G-U-R. I had the Ellinger. All right, there we go. Thank so now we know much.
2: going forward. I always like to look these things up. Ellinger. Uh, so my answer is something we touched on earlier in the show. It's the Packers wide receivers. Like, I'm just going to keep trying to guess this game. You know, I sat here and looked right by saying, don't do Dobbs, Dobbs, Dobbs. And, you know, you maybe take a flyer on Watkins. So, Lazard, how many times did I do this on this show? and said, Lazard's the answer, Lazard's the answer, Lazard's the answer. And then Lazard gets banged up. So now nobody's the answer. You're talking about Sammy Watkins is going to lead this week. Samari Toure. Like, what do we... like? No. Sure. One of them might catch a touchdown, but you're going to take that chance. I, they, there's only two teams on a bye. Like I know there's been injuries and stuff like that. But if, El- if Alan Lazard's not out there, I can't see taking a chance on any Packers wide receiver unless you're absolutely desperate.
1: Did you see uh, they were interviewing or they asked Aaron Rodgers about like the bills and he was talking about all this stuff and he's like, yeah, they got a great quarterback. They got a really great offense, really good defense, Jake Kumaro. And then he just moved on and just like, just throwing that out just makes me, it just made me laugh. He
2: freaking threw his own team under the bus again. Like look in the mirror, dude. (laughs) Look
1: in the mirror. That dude hates his team. He hates the players he's playing with and he just doesn't care. He's just, he's just like that old senile guy that just doesn't
2: care. I mean, you know what we're seeing this year? Maybe you should give that MVP award back to Devontae Adams. Mm. Mm.
1: Devontae Adams. How much does he miss Devontae Adams, too, by the way? That's what uh, i Yeah.
2: Final up here. How tight can you make that in, Jake? Mm, Juwan Johnson. But, question mark, Juwan Johnson, as long as uh, Adam Trotman doesn't come back, just because I worry about the snap count if that happens. But. Uh, Jawan Johnson's just been touchdown maker, good matchup for New Orleans, as we saw Funston mention already on the show, is that if you're going to look for Andy Dalton and Chris Olave, your next answer should also be Jawan Johnson, especially with no Michael Thomas and Jarvis Salandri. So I think that would be significantly in play. Uh, if not, if, if we get the Troutman possibly coming back, then, you know, makes it a little dicier. Still in that same range. Uh, another one Funston's brought up before, though, this time is Kate Otten. If there's no break still, those are both those desperation plays. I agree. Brandon, how tight's your end?
0: Uh, Yeah, uh, it's going to be Harrison Bryant because David Njoku's out two to five weeks. Um, Can you name another tight like end it. on the Browns? For the,
2: for the Browns? Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's his nuts um <laughs> yeah that's crap <laughs> uh, i know his name too i can see his stupid face but i like harrison bryant i like harrison bryant when he came out of college what is yeah. his stupid face what's his stupid name i've give me the that's... first letter fonston hold on
0: there's a p its initials are pb pharaoh brown yeah pharaoh brown okay, off, off the houston texas and, and jesse james is on ir but yeah i mean there's like the outlaw he... and, and joku is balling <laughs> out you know and and harrison bryant's more receiver than he is you know traditional tight end so uh i can see his role
2: yeah path. i can see this stupid because he's like what isn't pharaoh brown like six seven or something ridiculous like that too that that's why those are the yeah, type of guys
1: are like how do these not how do they not succeed just throw it
2: up every single my, time if my so, clue was
0: that. not not cooper would you have gotten it because wasn't there no. a pharaoh cooper with the rams
2: oh yeah but there was a pharaoh cooper but that's not my i mean when you say not cooper i just think of cooper rusher cooper cup so like and just like
0: Wow, that's disrespect <laughs> to Amari. That's,
2: that's I know, But no, why they don't succeed? Ask Ramsey's Barden. Why he doesn't succeed? That's why. Mm. Welsh because it doesn't matter. Ask uh, uh, Doriel Green Beckham. That, that doesn't mean that Jack squat just because you're tall and athletic.
1: Keep going. let keep going. Let's keep doing six, just seven tight ends. Let's keep going. Yeah, Darius Awerbe?
2: Let's <laughs> yeah. <just> keep going. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: let's, let's keep going. I like it. it Kelvin Benjamin's fun. one year?
1: A... All right. Although well, he friends... wasn't even that athletic. Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin. Oh. Uh, if you guys want to check out all the ranks, you want to be updated. I highly suggest you go and uh, highlight and bookmark Jake's article over at The Athletic. Uh, if you're not a subscriber, <laughs> you can do it. That's what I'm going to do next
2: week. For the next <laughs> and get ready. Next okay. week, the the top 10 super athletic NFL players that never yes. made it.
1: <laughs> yes, do it. That'll be great. That'll be fantastic. Uh, but you guys, go to Jake's Twitter, All In Kid. You'll find his tweet about the article, go click on it. If you're not already subscribed, you can go down at the bottom. You can do so right there. So you get it every single week and you can go and see all the updates to get prepared for the weekend as you're eating candy and starting your lineups. So you have nothing to worry about. We will be back on Monday for a spooky edition. Halloween. Jake, will you be in costume on Monday? What are you yeah, going to be for Halloween? See it.
2: No, you to see it. To see it. <laughs> well, I, I'm, yeah, maybe I'll pull I some guess- clips. I guess I guess you'll have to tune into all on football. Oh, look at that! I guess we'll, I'll do it. last here. I'll give you a giant hint of like not what it's going to be, but what it's going to oh. involve. So last year I wore my Darth Vader helmet. The year before that I wore my Ant Man helmet. So you can see where I'm going with this. Jar Jar Binks. Be, yes, a Jar Jar Biggs helmet. There, there's a Jar Jar Biggs helmet out there
1: all right so you'll be helmeted up so i mean the athletic doesn't ask me to do any of that stuff but maybe i'll pull uh i'll pull some screenshots and some clips if you come
2: in uh if you you know come
1: in all dolled up in your
2: outfit <laughs> i almost like did jakehausen because people say i look like him Dan danhausen they say i look like him and if i put the face paint i don't want to put face paint on though yeah I don't maybe don't do, don't do that paint. but
1: uh, yeah. it'll be a spooky edition on halloween as we're breaking down week eight so make sure you guys are subscribed and don't go anywhere find them on twitter at all in kid brandon funston is the actual twitter handle and you can find me at is it the welsh have a fantastic weekend. Get those wins in week eight and we will talk to you on the other side right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast bye friends